Welcome to the Master's Method podcast, hosted by Zisser Customs Law Group. As experts in global trade, they will share valuable trade compliance and supply chain security information, along with the latest trade news, in a unique format that is easy to understand, use, and apply. They are going to simplify those complex topics, operational challenges, and difficult issues better than anyone else. Hey, Juan, you know, those uh, Section 301 exclusions and all those 301 duties out of China, that's becoming a real challenge for a lot of companies. A lot of these things are starting to expire. That's right, Steve. Yes, many of them actually expired today. A lot of the items covered in List 3, which is, as we know, one of the biggest lists that was published out there. Um, A lot of them expired today. So unless some of you out there received an extension, which some of those, you know, if you were successful, you could have received some of those. Definitely, that's your only option for surviving right now from those tariffs right now. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Master's Method Podcast. I'm Steve Zisser, a customs attorney, and I specialize exclusively in the area of import and export law and supply chain security. And joining me on our podcast today is a good friend, Juan Moreno. Hi, Juan. Hi, Steve. I'm the Director of Trade Compliance here at Zisser Group, where I've been here for the last 11 years. Originally started working for Maquiladora in a brokerage company a few years back, and I'm excited to be joining you, Steve, today for this important new topic. Well, today's trade news topic is going to be about China Section 301 duties and those ongoing extensions. We're going to talk a little bit about the different updates on the different four lists that are out there. We'll talk about the extensions that have been ongoing, particularly for some of those COVID-19 products that are out there, some of the refund opportunities, and some of our general comments. Well, one one of the first things, I mean, we all, we all know that when they came up with these China 301s, they basically built this around these four different lists, covering pretty much a good majority of stuff coming out of China and everything, but these four lists. What's going on there with all that? Well, Steve, as you, as you just mentioned, there were four lists in total. Um, 4B actually got suspended, but yes, 1 through 4A. Uh, each one of them actually growing in size. List one covered a very limited number of products. Two grew a little bit more. Three actually was is probably, as of today, the largest list and covers the majority of the items that you and I are accustomed to see. And as these lists were issued, they were issued on different dates. So when they were issued, they basically gave, you know, a certain amount of time for companies to, you know, start paying these duties and for companies to also file what's called an exclusion, the ability for them to be exempt from paying these duties. Some companies were successful and those that were successful, the majority of them received a one year exclusion from these tariffs, Steve. So that's essentially what we're talking about today these exclusions that companies receive as a result of their petition to the government for relief from these duties. Now, now one, of course, some of these extensions, uh, you're right, they got the exclusion, they were good for about a full year, and they were able to, a lot of companies, even though it was issued a little bit later, they were able to go back and get that money. But once those things expired, there was an opportunity for an extension after that, right? That's right. Actually, prior to the expiration date, the USDR published a notice that effort companies basically the ability to file comments requesting that the exclusion issued to that particular product, not classification, got to be careful there, to that specific product could be extended. Um, No real allotment for how long the extension would be issued for. That was actually a big mystery. And as we saw, 
extensions for list one and two for the most part covered another 12 months. That's initially what we saw with those extensions, which was a little bit of a different story with list three and who knows what we'll see with list four. But yes, essentially that's, that's basically the process that we're going through that we're seeing uh, as far as exclusions are concerned right now. Now, originally, of course, right now, of course, they're not accepting any brand new exclusions. That was only a one round thing for each list. They only gave you a one shot to go out and actually request an exclusion, whether you were in list one, two, three, or four A. Uh, so once that expired, no one could request a new exclusion. But you're right, when they granted those exclusions, they granted it to a, a limited number of products. Some people were successful, some people weren't. Uh, and now with the extensions, it seems like even fewer people are successful with the extensions than others, right? That is correct, Steve. That's another thing that we saw with the extensions that were approved originally for list one and two. We saw on an average about 40% of what was covered in those lists extended for an additional 12 months. Very different story. Right now, the current statistic for list three is showing about a 5% renewal of an extension for that. And the other thing that we're seeing is that they're extending it for a lot, a, a, a much shorter period of time. Actually, some of them expired today, but those that did get extended, they were only pushed to the end of the year. So as of, we, as of today, Steve, we see nothing covering product into 2021. Everything is set to expire this year on all four lists that we see today. And, and obviously, going into this being an election year, we haven't heard any talk that the USTR is going to open up additional requests for further extensions. Uh, so your recommendation would be that companies have got a pretty much plan that these things are going to completely expire at least by the end of the year. And so if you're working on an extension today and you're not paying the 301 duties, there's a good chance that starting on, like you said, first part of January, you're going to be paying those additional China duties, which could be as high as you know, 25%. That's correct, Steve. Yes. And unfortunately, what we hear is not favorable. Um, the government actually acknowledged that they were a bit generous in the beginning by issuing these extensions, but not anymore. Uh, so they basically have cracked down or tightened down their issuing of new exclusions. So yes, unfortunately, I don't foresee this uh, changing anytime soon. Like you said, nothing new certainly can be possible at this point. So the only option is to hopefully continue with another extension. Uh, that's your yeah. only hope at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I think it's interesting when, you know, when they first came out with these uh, China 301s and they opened up the opportunity for an exclusion, uh, it was fairly narrow. Like you said, they didn't grant it to everybody. Uh, then when they went for the extensions, that was even narrower. Uh, Customs, I think, has been generous, or USTR has been generous in this case, because the idea was these extensions, um, the exclusions and the extension, were supposed to be really temporary. The whole idea was you were asking for this additional time so that you could find alternative sourcing, ramp up in other markets. If you weren't you know, purchasing it from China today, ship to Vietnam, ship to Cambodia. And the government kind of understood that that was going to take some time to do it. That was one of the arguments that a lot of companies made is they needed more time. Well, they've now had plenty of time. Like you said, Juan, they've already had a full year if they got an exclusion. And then if they got an extension, they got even additional time. So you're thinking by the end of the year, what's the rationale 
why do you need more time? That's right, uh, Steve. Beyond, mm -hmm. beyond that. I agree with you 100%. And you just said something that's key, which is the government was very generous in that. Because the other thing that I think also they were generous with is the ability for companies to, okay, once an exclusion was granted and it favored them, wow, the ability for them to go back and request refunds. Oh my God, what is that? I mean, one thing is, okay, you've got an exclusion, stop the bleeding, you don't pay it anymore, you know, you save it going forward. But here, they gave that benefit and also go back and claim all your money back. So, oh my God, that, that's a phenomenal opportunity for a lot of companies that as you both, both and I, you and, as you and I both know, uh, a lot of them are taking advantage of that situation right now. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, the, the big benefit there, if you did get the exclusion, uh, it was retroactive back yeah. to the date you started paying it. Mm -hmm. And you could go back and file a post-summary correction or even a protest. And for the most part, if you meet the criteria, the government's being fairly flexible yeah. in giving that money back pretty quickly. I mean, uh, the post-summary corrections are processed a little bit faster. Sure. The protests seem to be a little bit slower Here. in most yeah. cases. But for mm -hmm. the most part, that money's coming back in, isn't it? That's right, Steve. Yeah, that's what we're seeing. Like you just said, a couple of different scenarios, and it depends a lot on the company also and the data. You know, a lot of what we're also seeing is, you know, we get comes. We get clients come to us when they say, you know what, I'm not getting any response from customs. We look at the data and unfortunately it's really disorganized and not presented in a way you really want to do a really good effort if you're going to do this on your own when putting this stuff together because that thing has to be perfect. Otherwise, it's going to raise questions and it's just going to be, you know, tied up in the process basically. Yeah, it is, that is very true. If you're going to go for a refund, uh, absolutely. That's our main recommendation is make it super clean, make it super easy. Like Juan said earlier, you got to make sure you qualify for the criteria. It's not about the HTS code. It's about the specific criteria in the actual exclusion. You need to meet it piece for piece, item for item, attribute for attribute. You got to be right head on to it. Uh, if you meet it, absolutely. You can take advantage of it. And it is, it's, it's a great opportunity. And I think customs, as I said, they've been fairly flexible on it. You just got to give them good data. But I would say right now, Juan, as far as going forward, uh, it looks like, I think, my opinion is, I think the exclusions are probably going to end by the end of the year. I don't think they're going to open up the opportunity again. Certainly, if we have a new administration, I, I guarantee it won't open up again before the end of the year. Uh, and then the question is, if we have a new administration, what are they going to do with 301 duties? And my thinking is, I think they're going to continue. I don't think they're going to go ahead and cancel them on the, the first day of a new administration and say, hey, we're not going to have China 301 duties. I think that whether you're Democrat or Republican, there seems to be a lot of anti-China sentiment right now. I think there's a lot of things going on with China because of that. So I don't think they're going to get rid of it right away. What do you think? I agree with you 100% on that. This is something that we're going to live with regardless of the administration that's in power, Steve. I agree with you. I think we're going to you know, be facing some tariffs uh, for a number of years. So I think companies should prepare for that. I don't think there's anything here where, you know, all oh, the Democrats take office, these things are going to go away. And like you just raised a very interesting point, which is China sentiment right now is not very favorable. In fact, it's the complete opposite of that. And that's around the world. You know, and that's bringing in the whole COVID-19 situation into the mix, aside from the intellectual property and everything else that's been going on for many, many years, which in all honesty, you know, the Trump administration 
is right about that. You know, they had to step in and take some action. You know, it's, it's about time, in my opinion. So we'll see. Yeah, so right now our recommendation would be as you go, as we finish up the year, I would yeah. plan on starting in January. Uh, if your items were exempt from China duties, they're not going to be exempt any longer. They're either going to be subject to that 25% duty if they're on list one, two, or three. And one, if it's 4A, it's what, 7.5% duty? That's correct. 7.5% yes. duty mm -hmm. on that. So yeah, I think you need to plan that. You're going to need to forecast that. If there's some option here or something changes, great. But I think I would absolutely prepare for the worst, hope for the best, but I would definitely prepare for the worst. That would be our key, key recommendation. So I want to thank you for joining us today on the Masters Method Podcast. And thank you, Juan, for sharing uh, this really, really critical information. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye-bye, everyone. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Masters Method Podcast. Zisser Customs Law Group is a full-service international trade law firm and a global leader in international trade compliance training. Be sure to tune in again and subscribe for more great conversations. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only and is not legal advice. If you have any questions or require additional support, please do not hesitate to contact us through our website at zissergroup.com or send us an email to solutions at zissergroup.com.